Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. You know, there's a, a lot of folks out there, I think, that are understandably concerned about what can or what will Iran do in response to the killing of uh, General Soleimani, described by many as the number two man inside their their government. Um, I do think, and, and I, I heard uh, Congressman McSally, excuse me, Senator McSally on the air uh, earlier today, and I, I do think there is a false narrative that's being thrown mm, around what's out up? there. The idea that um, uh, anybody, because I, I haven't heard anyone, should I say, short of um, Iranians and Shia Muslims lamenting the death of General Soleimani. He's a bad guy. Understandably bad guy led to American. De- yes, no one is saying that. Gee, this is a, a horrible thing that he was killed. This is the being pushed by you know, you know who. The debate is, and I think it is a fair debate about the reasoning, the strategy, the repercussions that come along with that. Because count me as being consistent in this. I don't think we should be in Afghanistan. I don't think we should be in Iraq. And I don't think we should start a war with Iran. <laughs> I think Middle Eastern wars, if you, if you don't know how these play out, please allow me to refer you to history. That they don't turn out well. The idea of picking a fight with, again, in the past we picked fights with terrorist organizations. Al-Qaeda, ISIS. Iran is a state. Iran is a country. They have completely different resources than a terrorist organization. Yeah, you say picking a fight. Um, he, he, here's where I push back a little bit there. And and I, I, I kind of know where you reflexively go, so we'll yep. let this play out here on the air. If, in fact, there was imminent threat of American lives, and that is why the U.S. decided to target Soleimani, then I don't have a problem with it. The issue is we haven't seen that yet. And it's not even so much that I haven't seen it yet or you haven't seen it yet, Bruce. It's my understanding that Congress hasn't seen it yet. Because, frankly, I don't need to know everything that's going on. You know, I like transparency. Okay, but it's one of those things where I also respect that when you're getting into a potential time of war and you're getting into the baddies in the world, Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to know everything because then that kind of shows our hand. But I do believe that Congress needs to know. So if, in fact, there was some sort of imminent threat where American lives were going to be in jeopardy and they had to act quickly, then I'm okay with this. And it's not necessarily picking a fight. It's protecting Americans. I hedge that comment, though, on the fact that we haven't seen anything yet. And again, not that we haven't seen it. Congress hasn't seen it either. Well, I I think you could make an argument that post 9-11, the game has changed. What do you mean by that? Are you going to take the word of the government that we are at the point now? If I don't take their word, whose word am I going to take? Well, that that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. But you get to my point, though. Yeah. It's I can't constantly I don't have the bandwidth nor the patience to constantly be asking the question of what's your angle? What's your angle? What's your angle? Can I believe you? Can I believe believe you? You're going to have to prove it. Absolutely. Because because the new standard has been set that your government can either intentionally or unintentionally mislead you into believing that this had to happen. Because here's the argument. Here's the here's the response. Soleimani had been a a bad guy. 
For a long time. He's not new. No. He's been he's doing new, this for 30 years. But he's new to us. I mean, people were calling okay. him salami, you know, when they first killed him. And uh, yeah. do you believe that the number two guy in the Iranian government was like, like he had a, a, a suicide vest on and was getting ready to charge into an American diplomatic mission? No. He, that was one he did. Did he plot, plan, be a part of it? Yes. But by that standard? Well, you've got a hell of a lot of other government officials around the world who, in some way, shape, or form, have been involved in plotting, planning, or or, or executing um, operations against American interests, American servicemen. So is that the new standard? Is the new standard that we are going to kill anyone who dislikes America and works towards it? i got to tell you, you're not going to have anybody left in the Iraqi or Iranian government. Let's get that out of the way. They're done. Most of Afghanistan, they're done. Like, where does that end? Because by that standard, we have elected officials. We have heads of state around the world who genuinely dislike the United States. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know of anybody, again, either other than those in uh, Iran Marching and, and, in the and street. some even yeah, in Iraq yeah, yeah. That, that are shedding a tear over Agreed. the death of this man. I'm not. No. <laughs> um, what what I'm concerned about is where does it lead? What's what, the strategy? What, what, what happens after this? And again, if in, if you were doing this to protect Americans, then you know what? We're going to buckle our safety belt and we're going to make it through it because that's what we do as Americans. And, and you know what? I'm OK with that. But if you can't prove that to me and I get the point that you're now trying to make with the weapons of mass destruction, I didn't get it initially, but oh, I get okay. it now. OK, that's why I was kind of pushing back. Or who do I believe? Mm-hmm. Um, then you, you're, you're going to have to give some sort of, of, of evidence. I don't disagree. Yeah. And and once I see that evidence and if, in fact, there, there was an imminent threat. Okay, then you know what? This is going to get messy, yeah. and that's okay. So, but but again, until we get that, I think we ha- we all have to tread lightly. I, and I, I use this again. I'm trying to come up with a different examples. Okay, Soleimani was not pulling triggers. He was he was he was you know the mastermind, if that's what you want to call it. Does that make does that make Secretary of State Mike, Mike Pompeo? No. A mastermind? No, not at all. Because he doesn't pull the trigger, no. but he no, sends no, military no. people. Uh, careful. He does, you, 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 you tell you, me. Uh, okay, I will tell yeah. you. Um, the guy that pushes the woman in front of the bus is not the same as the guy that pushes the woman out of the path of the bus. The argument you're making is they both pushed women. One did it for one purpose and one did it for another. And that's what makes these two entirely different. I think that that lies in the eye of the beholder, because Iranians and Iraqis would argue uh, killing our civilians with drone strikes, um, we think, is an act of war. And whoever whoever agreed to doing that and whoever uh, said, let's do it from president on down is a terrorist in our eyes. And, and you know, it, it may, in fact, be an act of war. What I'm offering you is we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. And I think that... But we've gotten a bunch of different... And the reason why I'm skeptical, even more so than usual, is I think I've heard three different excuses so far. Uh, One was it was retaliation for the storming of the embassy in Baghdad. That that was one. Another was an imminent attack. Another was this guy's been a bad guy for a long time. Like, okay, so which is it? And this is where I think the president has 
backed himself into a corner and, and he's done it over an extended period of time. What I'm getting at is play along. Mm-hmm. If, in fact, there was some sort of imminent threat and the president took decisive action to protect American interests. And let's say that that is, in fact, the truth. You don't believe that. No. And, and, and the reason and that's where I think he has backed himself into a corner. Everything else has been a lie. Not Why would he suddenly start telling the truth? Everything else. But yeah, this, this president has a loose relationship <laughs> with the truth. And, and you and I have talked that there will become a time. Is this it? I don't know. But there will become a time when the American people, all American people, because we are Americans first before we are Republicans and Democrats, all Americans will have to trust and believe this president. And because of the actions he's had leading up to whatever moment that may be, people are going to be skeptical. Right it's now, like the, the boy the, who the, cried wolf. The, the, the public opinion point, it's early right now, shows about 60 percent of the people just don't buy it. 60% of people are not so buying scary. the excuses that are coming out of the White House. I get it, but it, it, but we just got to look at the reality of, of how scary that is in, in the time that we're in, that people... D- I mean, people I are agree. inherently distrustful of politicians. But you Let should me tell be, you, again, you should like be. after 9-11. You should be. Don't you think that we got to a heightened state of, you know, after the invasion of Iraq? And again, I don't even think that the invasion of Iraq was... There's a debate of, did they purposely lie or were they just ignorant to some of the facts, you know, that they misinterpret them. But either way, the reason we went in there ain't the reason we were told. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like those things didn't line up. So yes, I think people need to be skeptical when your government, any part of it tells you, here's why we're going to do it. And 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 I, I, I just push back on this idea that there was some imminent threat. So if, again, let's put it in American sense. If Vice President Pence, there was an imminent uh, attack on uh, Iranian nuclear facilities and Vice President Pence was targeted, do you think the United States still wouldn't attack those facilities? Getting rid of one guy hasn't changed anything. It hasn't changed in any of our other wars against terror. Uh, 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 the death of Osama bin Laden didn't end al-Qaeda. The death of, uh, uh, of, of the different ISIS leaders, you know, remember, we never wanted to be the number two guy in ISIS because we killed about one, three a day. Just there's another one coming along. So the the idea that he uniquely was going to do, I just, I'm sorry, I don't buy it. No, yeah, I don't buy it at all. We will find out, though. There is uh, hopefully more to come out of that. We have more proof, and maybe this is along the same lines, proof that Arizona is becoming a toss-up state in every sense of the word. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. A lot of different and in, in some cases completely unique factors are are happening. They're happening right here in our own backyard. And you are seeing more and more. You're seeing this on the national level. The campaign directors for uh, the political parties, the, uh, the head of Trump's re-election campaign saying Arizona is competitive in ways that it, it it hasn't been, well, ever before, quite honestly, ever. And that what was always solidly a red state, you remember on election night, we were one of those states when the, the polls have closed and we called Arizona. <laughs> you know, it was like, there was never a doubt, right? They'd called it uh, six weeks before. They just had to wait till the polls closed. There was never a doubt that, for example, in 2020, on election night, 
Will Arizona be the one, you know, as we start getting uh, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight? We might have to wake up the next morning and find out who won Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's becoming a swing state. And, and, and are we, in fact, purple? Well, you know what? We're definitely leaning in that direction. And all you got to do is take a look at what happened in 2018 with the midterm election. Sure. A lot of people split their ballot. That it's not becoming monolithic. That, like, it, Arizona is Republican, a strong red state. Yeah. No kind of getting some shades of purple in there. And we've got some smarty pants out there that are taking a look as to why that is happening. And it's a multitude of reasons. Um, We are a fast-growing state and have been for the longest of times. I mean, yeah, we had that little dip in, you know, 08, so to speak, but everybody (laughs) had that dip. Uh, But this is a great place to live. It's a place that you choose to live here, Bruce. I choose to live here as well and have made it our home. And more and more people are doing that. But more and more people are also doing that from California. And again, we're speaking in broad general terms here, but if you looked at Arizona in the past and you saw it as a Republican state, you look at California and you see that as a Democratic state. And so are the the liberals from California coming and impacting the politics here in Arizona? That's part of it, but it's not just from California. It's from all over the country. And our demographics are changing as well. Arizona, right? We have a huge Hispanic population. And growing. And growing. Percentage-wise. And as it grows, you have more and more Hispanics that are coming of age where they can actually vote and impact these elections. So you've got those two factors tangled up with the fact that this is a very polarizing president. Mm. And so those put all that together, you're saying, yeah, those three items are what's making Arizona an interesting place come November. Yeah. And I I do think you and I agree on this. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think for a lot of you out there who do not default to the fringes of political parties, who see yourself somewhere in the middle, maybe right of center or left of center, but you're, you, you see yourself as, as a moderate in some way, shape or form. The fact that Arizona is competitive, that R's and D's could both win statewide election, uh, congressional election the, the the presidency, you know, that it's in play means that those politicians, those political parties can't take you for granted anymore. And that's awesome. They, they, they have to they have to compete for your vote. They have to reflect your values, beliefs, wishes, desires, not just, hey, as long as we get to 50 percent plus one, we can shove it down the throats of the rest of them. Sure. And I know that there are a lot of Republicans out there right now that are cheering for this as well, because you've had folks who've been in office for quite some time in their position. And it's now their comeuppance where you can look at them and go, well, what have you done for me lately? Mm. You know, you now have to justify your role. Now, it's not as though those Republicans are going to go someplace else, so to speak. But now you get you get a little bit more leverage, a little bit more accountability for what you've done or what you haven't done. And I think that there's always a victory in that. Yeah. So you're going to have you're going to have uh, Democrats that, that that come out and feel like they're actually being heard. Where in a state you know, before they noise. were almost discounted yeah, before it, it started. Like you're before. never going to win. Let's be honest. Like, there's a chance, so they're working really hard, and then the Republicans are working really hard to keep what they have, and that means we win. Right, because there's certain states. Look at California. I think California is a good example on the other side. There's no chance of of Republican winning like the Senate, you, right. you, you know what I'm saying, yeah. or the or the governorship, and those races aren't even close. Well, 
Yeah, whether you like it or not, the D's take that for, they take it for granted. granted. They take, they're going to win California. Mm-hmm. They're going to win the state of New York. They're going to win it. For, and so they don't have to compete for ideas, compete for votes. They win by default. Competition's good. Yeah, Arizona, no longer going to be a win by default state, just based on uh, DRNR next to your name. And see how that plays out this year. It'll also be to have a lot more of those, like, signs on the side of the road and, and commercials, commercials. And, yep. and whatnot. Yeah. Are you a do-it-yourselfer? Are, do you need technology to help you in your house? And I'm not just talking about smart homes, okay? Oh, my goodness. The CES show is going on right now. The Consumer Electronics Show, Pamela. My birthday's coming up. I know what I want. We'll talk about it next on Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. So I want you to play this scenario out. Have you ever found yourself in the restroom? Where are we going? Sitting on the toilet. Ah, geez. And you you reach over and you have run out of toilet paper. No mas. Right, the worst. You just get the little cardboard thingy there, right? Uh, So you you gotta you gotta pull the drawer open. Well, if you have a drawer, right? Some people don't have drawers. Here's why I say that. You always have a drawer. You always gotta keep one on hand, right? I don't have a drawer in mine. You don't have my. Oh, you have have like a pedestal sink. No, no, no. I have I in my in the in the restroom. It's only a toilet in just a little thing with a door. The the rest of the bathroom's outside it. You know they actually have little devices, like a little, okay. little thing that you could put that to make now, sure it doesn't happen again. I don't need that anymore because Why? at the Consumer Electronics Show up in Vegas, Charmin, the bathroom toilet paper maker, invented the Rollbot. The what? Rollbot. Why are you smirking, Steve? Is that because I won't? call it what you want me to call it well the article that you're holding called it something different what did i call it steve wasn't it okay now i'm struggling to remember the full thing but i know it has the word poop time in it it's the poop time robot the poop time robot this robot the robot will deliver you get connects to your phone because you always have your phone in the bathroom and you can dial up your poop time robot and it will deliver a fresh roll of toilet paper to the bathroom. Or you just keep some in the bathroom, people. I like the, I like the robot better, quite honestly. Or you open the door and go, Riley! Oh, and, and since we're getting paper. it all connected, you'll be able to go, Alexa, deliver toilet paper oh, now! Oh, man. Do you really need a robot? How about this? What? Not to be outdone by the poop time robot. Oh, jeez. They also have... Char- Charmin? Same one? It was at the, it's on the same stage. Oh, okay, okay. So we're in the bathroom-themed awesome. technology. Boy, this is going to be riveting. Poop time tech. Oh, fantastic, Steve. Thanks for that one. Smell sense. What? Smell sense is a sensor that will let you know before you enter a bathroom whether you're likely to um, gag or keel over from the activities of the previous occupant. It gives you a no or good to go based on the amount of carbon dioxide or hydrogen sulfide in the air. You know what? You know what? I already have that detector. It's called my nose. Okay? I don't need to spend thousands of dollars no, for it. No. So, so I, what? I, I can see outside the bathroom. It's got like the, 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 the traffic light. It's got like a red, a yellow, and a green. But if can you got to go... Is the red going to stop you? Mm. No. Got to go, got to go, got to go right now. You and just go. And if you run out, 
the 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 poop oh time robot will bring goodness. you anything. Well, you wouldn't need that, right, Bruce? What do you mean? Well, you're the only one using your bathroom. I would know who was using my bathroom. If my bathroom smelled and it wasn't because of me, we have bigger problems. Dial 911. <laughs> Somebody has broken in. Oh, my gosh. Dial 911. Okay. All right. Now, wow. speaking of the bathroom. Oh, great. Let's talk more about this. Can you fix a runny slash leaky toilet? Yes. You know, the one that you say yes pretty darn quickly. Well, I, because it happens in my house. The chain falls off. Okay. If or, the chain falls off, I know how to put the chain back or on. If it's, yeah. You, you kind of have, you just have to adjust the chain and it kind of fixes things. Or you say, hey, Chris. <laughs> the toilet's running. Can you so, fix that? So, uh, the old school ones with the the rubber little flapper at the bottom and the chain is yeah. that not old school? What do you mean old school? I I'm going to show food, you a picture of the one in my house toilet that it it, it does not have a cha- there's no chain not connected to chain and it's like a slider valve that goes up and down. There's a tube inside there You're that fancy. fills up. I. I didn't build it, for God's sakes. It came with the house. And I remember the first time it was running. Boy, I am learning all kinds of things I never needed to know. I opened it up and I was like, what the hell is this? I've got some sort of toilet 2.0. I don't know how this thing works. Well, even if you've got the toilet 2.0 that Bruce apparently has, awesome. Congratulations. Or if you're like me and you're still working with like the chain and the whole little like rubber flappity flap flap at the bottom, uh, it appears as though a lot of people don't even know how to fix a running toilet. Why? Well, they're blaming it on DIY deficiency. Okay. You don't know how to do it yourself anymore. Why don't you know how to do it yourself anymore? Well, because you got Google. You got the Google machine. Right? Those that are like 45 and older, they're 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 pretty good at being able to do at least one of these tasks, these DIY tasks that, that people were surveyed for. Um, if you're 65 and older, yeah, you're doing so much more of these. Like because you the grew up knowing how to do it, right? But here's the thing: I'm like not mad at the people like myself that uh-huh. need to Google, go to Google how machine. to fix a leaky faucet, how to uh, stop a running toilet. What are some of the other things here? Um, how to install a drywall anchor, okay. how to patch a hole in so drywall. So this looks a little bit like the one I have. And this little thingy slides really up and down the pole. I don't really care about your toilet, dude. And I don't understand I don't... a damn thing about how okay. it works. Call I am, <laughs> like, I, I'm like, what is this? I think I like nuclear fission seems simpler than this. But there are simple things you could do around your house that people don't know how to do the basic home maintenance. They're basic. going to Google. And again, calling it a DIY deficiency. No, it's called using your resources. It's a good thing. So wait, let me ask you this. Well, back how- in the day, you'd call your neighbor. Or your dad. No, but I mean, like, yeah, you would, and that's how you learn things, right? Either your, you know, your parents taught you, a friend taught you, or you learn from a book. Right? The Time so, Life series on how to fix your home. So why are we hating on the internet for this? Hmm. I'm glad we have the internet. Let me ask you this. Are oh, you boy. good at reading maps? Because I suck at it. Just ask my husband. He's still one that's like, get out the map. I'm no. like, have a map? Physical maps. Yeah, and then he gets mad at me because I don't know how to read it. Because all I do then is I plug one destination into another destination. I hit go, and I'm like, yeah, in 200 we feet, a make map. a left. Exactly. It's a lot it's better called, than... Yeah. And he's really? like, well, I just like having the map as a backup. I'm like, 
Why? I, if I'm the one that's co-piloting, you do not want me on a map. I'm telling you right now. I would argue also that one of my fundamental issues with maps is I've yet to ever fold one back up the way it came out. There's that too. And I'm like, well, why is this a one, this is a one-way accordion? I can never get it back the way that it was. Are we are we going to get mad too because people aren't having long conversations on a landline and a finding a phone number that they either memorized or had to look up my biggest in a problem phone is book? The, the biggest thing I, I think, and, and you kids don't understand this, infants like Super Producer Stevie Z doesn't get this. Remember when you would get mad? Well, let, let's go, Pamela, back to Cranberry Township. Okay. You're living in Frank's house. Yeah. How long was the cord, by the way, for the phone? Oh, well, not as long as I made it. Okay. Because <laughs> I stretched that sucker okay. out. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You took the phone, you yeah, went yeah, in yeah, your yeah, room, yeah. closed the door. Then let's say that cheerleader Pamela got mad at quarterback, quarterback boyfriend once, right? And she got so angry at him because he was seen talking to Mary over there, you know her, that she slammed the phone down and hung up on him. There was you know no idea. Release. You, you have no idea what it's like to hang the up the joy. phone, Steve. Because all you do is go beep, and you hit the little red it's button. It's not the same. Not as... the same. Ugh. Bam. And, the, and, then, and it like vibrated through the house. Have you ever actually like just beeped somebody, and then they call, did you hang up on me? <laughs> no, I, I, I just booped you. <laughs> there was no hang, I just booped you. Boop. And then they text you. And you hang up on somebody, yeah. and then they text you. Hang up on me, and you're like, oh. My battery died. I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Never use that one. Battery died. Speaking of phones, Pamela. There are soldiers, troops, currently being deployed to the Middle East. Some of them on call, being called back to base. But they're not going to be able to take something with them. Something that, in the past, it was seen as okay. We'll explain to you what they're leaving behind and how it's got a lot of families anxious. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I can speak for Pamela in this. Heck, I look around the room here. None of us have ever been deployed overseas by the military. So I can't imagine, like, the things you take with you, the things you have to leave behind, right? Uh, you know, they all fit in that bag, soldier. And you throw it on the airplane and you get dropped off somewhere. But one of the things we're finding out, specifically with a lot of the soldiers that have recently been called up and are being deployed to the Middle East as tensions have ratcheted up, is they are not allowed to bring any of their technology devices. Think cell phone, smartwatch, iPad, etc. And I know that that has taken place in the past, but this seems to be a bit unusual. As the 82nd Airborne Division is getting ready to, to be deployed, where to exactly? We don't know. And therein lies a bit of the rub that the military has told them you're not allowed to bring your cell phone or any other electronic device. Why? Because it may reveal your location. And you've got the division spokesperson, who's a lieutenant colonel, who says it's an unusual it's unusual because many troops routinely deploy already have you know personal electronic devices. They can even purchase them when they're overseas. Mm-hmm. Though he said that this was made specifically because this uh, you know this airborne division is part of a ra- rapid respo- rapid response force, and they they need to protect that kind of location. And it just kind of has me thinking about 
just like the human impact of that. Because oh, we sure. are very plugged in nowadays. And, you know, like my parents are back in Pittsburgh and I talk to them a couple times a week, but I know that they're safe. You know what I mean? Sure. If I have a loved one who is deployed and in harm's way, I'm going to want to check in with them regularly well, just to just make sure that they're all right. Let me add, not in a good way, let me add this to that. The people that are being deployed right now are either not being told where they are being deployed mm-hmm. or they're being told they can't tell friends, family, loved ones where they're being deployed. So, and I think you made this point, your friend, family member, husband, wife, daughter, son, is de- is deployed to places you don't know in the Middle East every time yep. there is an something. IED, every time there is an attack, every time there is something, you run it through the filter of, what if? Is, is, my, is, is my loved one in this area? Because in the past you could say, hey, there was a, a bomb went off in Afghanistan, tragically, right? And, and people were, were, were injured, but you're like, well... You know, they're nowhere near that. My husband's not in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. We're good. You know, that's OK. I'm, I'm worried about other areas. But if you have to worry about the entire region and so, you can't talk to him on the phone. Wow. It's not going to be like this forever. Obviously, okay. that uh, post centers, they say, will you know, will be set up in, in due time. And eventually it's just this is a this is a volatile time. Oh, yeah. And. You know, the U.S. is protecting their interests or protecting their soldiers and the soldiers are, you know, trying to protect their families. And, and, and like this is the reality of the situation we're in right now. It, it's kind of messy. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. And while we have no control over what's happening in the Middle East, you do have control over supporting the military families here who are struggling with the deployment of loved ones and the unexpected deployment. This isn't like this massive ramp up where you know you're getting your orders in a couple of months. There are a lot of people that just found out this weekend that they're leaving Wednesday. Well, and, and throw this in there. You're right. Wednesday, like the world changed. What happens next Wednesday? Like, who could predict, right? Might be one of the reasons why I think we're going to hang in a handbasket. Pamela says she restore your faith in humanity. Yeah, you know what? And a lot of these faith in humanity stories start off on the down, and then they come back up, as is life. And so I want to introduce you to Jessica. She lives in Wisconsin. And at 12 years old, um, a caseworker sat her down and said, your mother has terminated her parental rights. What's your plan B? Whoa. She's 12. Right. Whoa. She's like, I don't even have a plan A, let alone a plan B. Obviously, the plan A, you know, he said, if you were thinking adoption, you're too old. You're 12. Uh, people don't typically adopt a 12 year old. So you're going to become a ward of the state. And then they took care of her until she was 18 and left for college. She talks about, you know, spending Christmases on campus by herself. Just that instability of going from home to home to home to home. And while she has three biological children of her own, she just her own. She decided to foster kids and has been for quite some time. On Friday, this this Milwaukee mom added six boys to her family after years of fostering kids in her home. These six boys are all blood related. And Mm. she said, you know, she was pulled away from her brother and keeping siblings together is critical to their growth. And she wished that she had a home like the one she's providing to these boys growing up in. And she's like, it's the least that she could do to give kids a different option than what she had. Outstanding. world needs people like that. Agreed. Hey, there's a lot going on, by the way. We're hearing rumors of Paul Peterson, Maricopa County Susser might be out. 
AG Burnovich taking on the vape companies. We got a lot of news and uh, continue to keep you up to date on it. Bob McClay will do that for you. We look through the double pane bulletproof glass. We've also got uh, DJ Tommy Tutone over there and super producer Stevie Z.